Hi, this is Maurice LaMarche, and uh, that name will mean nothing to you, nor the sound of my voice, unless I become the brain from TV's Pinky in the Brain, or Calculon, the star of all my circuits from Futurama. Oh, uh, there's a bottle, so from Futurama. Puny human, this is Morbo the Newscaster. On tonight's news, you're listening to Still Toking With on the Dorkening Podcast Network. I will destroy you. Why, thank you, Jar Jar. I no don't problem. know why it didn't take me off. <laughs> anyway, you forgot, you forgot to push the button there, Leo. I didn't hit the button. It, 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 I'm blaming StreamYard on that one. Anyway, happy Wednesday. My name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. You are watching Still Token with and uh, with us, uh, Benjamin. Yo. So, yeah, Leo, uh, I, I gave you props for the last, like, five weeks for not messing anything up. And, of course, tonight, you muted yourself. But it's okay. It's okay. Because I am so psyched for tonight's show. We have had a lot of amazing guests and some legends. But this guest tonight is truly, by far, the most legendary to ever hit this screen with us. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm beside myself. I'm actually a little starstruck right now. I'm going to leave it right there. Jar Jar, I'm going to let you introduce the guest tonight. Well, it's, I, I hope you all are ready for this. Miss Ruta Lee, legendary Miss Ruta Lee. <laughs> Legendary, uh, legendary in my own mind. Oh, legendary in all of our minds, I believe. Absolutely. I'm only legendary because I'm so frigging old. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I'm still walking and talking and able to converse with you, adorable gentlemen. By the way, oh, your she... opener is worth the price of admission. I right. realize nobody's paying for this, but I salute <laughs> everyone who has turned the dial to put you on. It's just great. It, it well, is quite you. the opening. That was, um, that's our amazing eye candy, Mr. Mr. Leo Pond over here. He, um, he does the openers for us. Uh, yes, Leo, who, who lost how to push the button with his thumb. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm gonna right? tease you about that forever, Leo. Uh, no worries, that's all I do is I just hit buttons. That's all I do. Uh, all of this is also mystical, magical to me anyway. The fact that we are in different corners of the world and yet we're talking to an audience that are in different corners of the world as well. It's all so magical. And of course, I am a total mental incapacitated person when it comes to anything electronic. I'm still praying that we go back to the days of on and off switches and if you oh. turned it to the right, it made it louder. And if you turned it a little less, <laughs> that was it. That made me happy. Now I'm lost. Well, you we actually have to talk to the things and tell them to get louder. We like to <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, right? expect Siri to give me a smart ass answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But as far as being legendary, you are legendary in so many ways so many ways Just well the fact that i have had a career and if not a full career a job in some way or another in this business for 
God, I'm 88 years old now. So that's a lot of years that I've been working. I think I started when, well, I, I did as a little tiny baby, but that was at the church socials and that kind of thing, not, not getting money for anything. Right. I did get money for jobs in Massachusetts, I believe, when I was a little girl. You know, I think they may have given me 50 bucks to come and do something, whatever it was, when I was tap dancing and doing acrobatic stuff and singing silly songs. I don't know. <laughs> and and then it, it depended on Hollywood to finally feed me properly, you know, with a, with a paid job. Uh, and I see where SAG is out of trouble again. <laughs> we're we're now. now we're now finished striking and doing for now for for three years anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, right. it, it's it's been a wonderful life. And do you know that I will tell you something very honestly that the best financial move I ever made was not stage or movies or television. They were very good to me, but it was my five years on Home Shopping Network. Really? Isn't that amazing? Yes, I went in as a guest wow. star performer, you know, seller, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. I sold whatever product they were asking me to kind of front, and, and that was great. It was always something that I liked. And my husband introduced them to a vitamin product that was a spray vitamin where you just sprayed it into your mouth. And what a great way to get vitamins because the people that, that clean the porta potties, you know, the, the here's Johnny's and all of those things say what they find in there is not just human waste or gold rings or watches or anything. It's undissolved vitamin tablets, really? undissolved pills is wow. what they wash out of those things most. So when you spray the vitamins, they are absorbed within 30 seconds in the lining of your mouth and there they are and there's no vitamin pill to swallow no garbage to to take down with the pill which is kind of wonderful and so mm -hmm. i sold those for five years on home shopping network and i had a nice tiny little 10 cent cut or whatever it was of every unit sold and wow <laughs> that was financially fabulous so i say to all of my star type friends if ever you have a, a really good product take it to either qvc or home shopping network or whoever is out there and uh, trust me if you believe in your product and it's good you'll do well well I, i'm really interested in the vitamin spray because i take like 20 vitamins every morning so and i hate to tell you how many of them you do oh, are just wasted yeah wasted is right <laughs> I've always known it. I talk it over with my doctors and they're just like, you know, most of that's I'm like, yes, I know. But my wife tells me I have to take them. Well, I'm glad you're taking them because you look damn good, honey. You really look. Cute. Thank you. Not bad okay. for 87. <laughs> <laughs> right under me. Sure. Right. Uh, you, oh, you we all went to talk at one time. Of course. <laughs> Go ahead, Leo. Yeah, uh, you mentioned a little bit ago about uh, paying gigs. I, I read that uh, your first paying job in uh, Hollywood, you were uh, only 16. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Uh, but my, my first job that I actually, well, it wasn't a job. It was an amateur show. And I was all of maybe five. Ah. And my mother put me in a sparkly little thing. And I, I sang a Lithuanian or sometimes thought to be Russian song to Mexicali Rose. <laughs> but I won, wow. 
I don't know, 10 bucks or something and a watch. Oh, oh fantastic. That just unbelievable. The bee's but, knees. Uh, but my first uh, paid job, of course, was television. And uh, I think mm -hmm. it was, I'm not sure, but I think it was Superman that was my first job. Oh, then wow. You nice, just yeah. got this nerd's heart going. I was like, Superman? Really? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, my mm -hmm. first movie job, which is my favorite to this day, was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And if you stop yep. and think about yep. how fortunate was I to get a job in a movie that was kind of the, the sob sister to everything that was going on at MGM. It wasn't the big money production. But it right. sure wound up being a big money producer mm. because it mm -hmm. is named one of the top movies ever made in Hollywood. Uh, and, and to think that I was in it in my first job. And those were the days when we worked six days a week, not five days a week like now. It was a six day week with Sunday off. And then another movie that I did later on, which was Witness for the Prosecution, was mm -hmm. another one of the great films that was named as a top hundred ever made in Hollywood. So while I certainly didn't star in either one of them, I was nevertheless in them and right. therefore take full credit for making them what they are today. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I can't even imagine the parties you must have attended, the, the elbows you rubbed with and stuff back in those classic Hollywood days. That's You, you know, those easy. days were good days. And, and one of the best for me were parties that I was very, very much involved in. And they were the great big, huge parties that Debbie Reynolds and I were the head mothers of an organization called the Thalians. And uh, we uh, started out raising money. Oh, this is kind of fun. We, I wasn't there then, but Debbie was one of the founding members and Hugh O'Brien was our first president. Margaret Whiting was our second president. Debbie was third. Donald O'Connor was fourth. Then I became president, and I've been either president or chairman of the board ever since. You want to talk about wow. stupid? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I may be darling, but boy, I'm stupid when it comes to taking on a responsibility and not letting go. But we did the most glorious events, and we honored the most wonderful people not just in Hollywood, but out of New York and stage and on the small screen and, of course, uh, on, on the big screen. And, and everybody, like I was telling you earlier, from Frank Sinatra through Lucille Ball through, oh, Lord, Carol Burnett through Whoopi Goldberg, you know, everybody were our honorees. And those were the big, glamorous Hollywood parties that the entire press would attend and look at and, and the lineup was fabulous and, and, the, and the people were gorgeous. And uh, stop and think, to, to think that we had Clint Eastwood just a couple of years ago as our honoree. Uh, it took me 20 years, boys, to get him. 20 wow. years of not giving up and, and getting him to say yes. He was always very reticent about appearing somewhere and, and getting an award or being honored. You know, he, he was always kind of a little too humble for that sort of thing. But boy, he was a wonderful honoree and just absolutely special with guests. 
And this year, just a couple of days ago, two days ago, we honored a man that when we mentioned his name, when I opened my mouth and said, come to the Thalians this year, we're honoring Gary Sinise, that the people around America all went, oh, wow, what a great guy. Now, you never think of him that way. You know, he's a wonderful actor, but he's not in the forefront of everything exactly. And yet America knows about him and knows how wonderful he is in entertaining and working and doing and setting up all kinds of programs and scholarships uh, for families of veterans. I I just Mm -hmm. think he is so wonderful. And he was our honoree and needless to say, he was wonderful. And I just got the sweetest note from him. Oh, what a lovely, lovely man. If ever you have the opportunity to talk with Gary Sinise, grab it, pay for it, just scream with delight because he's just oh, such yeah. a man. He is amazing. He is yeah. amazing. One of my favorite actors from uh, the uh, Bubba Gump and the oh, Forrest yes. Gump movie. Bubba, yeah, like Bubba yeah. Gump. Literally, I call Bubba, Bubba Gump. Gump. Well, everybody. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> yeah, he's got new legs. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's no, I love, love him. And uh, there's some cop show he does every now and. Uh, he does the Florida version of, uh, was it, um, not NCIS. Uh, yes, uh, CSI. CSI. Yeah. Yeah. CSI. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Thank God. Because yeah. he's just wonderful. And that's that's where I last saw our darling Kathy Garber. Mm-hmm. She was at our event. And, uh, I mean, there is an adorable girl. Kathy Garber has continued her career to the betterment of the world because she yeah. she makes appearances and does things for charitable works and she's just such a darling girl and um i'm, I'm going to see her uh, sunday at uh, an event where she is doing a reading of a truman capote i don't know wow. play a truman capote book a truman capote poem i i have no idea of what i'm seeing but i don't <laughs> care i would see her read the phone book she's great <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah she is she's she's an amazing lady um i i had a lot of fun chatting with her you know not as much fun as i'm having right now though oh uh, well you're you're not saying anything i'm doing all the talking yes yeah, she is uh, that's okay she's doing all the work for us tonight i know uh, she's making it so easy for us tonight <laughs> what was it like when you got your star on, on the the hollywood walk there oh that was that was a great year for me uh, I, I got my star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which really made me feel great. I just sort of felt like, gee, I, I don't know about this. Uh, I also was honored by the president of Lithuania yes. with Lithuania's greatest uh, uh, awards that they give to civilians. And mm-hmm. But I have to tell you the story of, of how I got the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. They... Nobody selects. They just sort of whoever the committee is says, well, we've got a space down here on Vine Street or over here or over there. And and it just sort of happens. I didn't know where my star was going to be. When I was going to Hollywood High as a youngster, I would go and get a job in a local movie theater somewhere as an usherette. Now, most of your viewers won't know what the hell an usherette was, (laughs) but we were little girls or boys 
that worked in the theaters and had a flashlight and took you down to the seats you wanted to sit in. Not that they were assigned, but wherever there were good seats, you put people in them. And then I could stand at the top of the aisle with my little flashlight in hand and and watch the movie queens, you know, watch Betty Grable and, and mm. uh, Lana Turner and all these marvelous ladies, uh, Jane, uh, well, June uh, Haver and, and uh, Mitzi Gaynor, all of, all of whom, by the way, became friends in later years. But I, I got a job at Grauman's Chinese. Well, that was a big deal, right? And, and there I stood in my pretty little Chinese tunic and the black pants and my flashlight. And I was in heaven and I'd stand at the top of the aisle and just dream about someday doing that. And I'd pray and I'd say, dear God, please, please let me do this someday. Let me, let me be one of those queens. Please let me do this. Fade out, fade in. I get promoted to candy girl. Now, I'm lousy in math. I'll tell you that to this day, I'm lousy in math. But I could deal with the candy department because everything was 10 cents, 15 cents, 25 cents. A big box of popcorn was 50 cents. Big. So that was okay. Then one night, and I could duck over and watch the movies when nobody was buying anything. One night, the girl in the box office gets sick. And I am promoted to box office. And I said to the manager, I can't. I can't do this because tickets are like a dollar seventy nine or three ninety six or you know, those odd numbers that everything <laughs> always was. I can't do that. I I can't do the math. He said, No, 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 no. Look, all you do is punch in two tickets at a dollar seventy six and then punch in five dollars if that's what they give you, and it'll give you the right change. Well, we were forty dollars short that night. Oh boy. The machine gave more than it should have. And I got fired and I stood there crying, saying, I didn't steal the money. I told you not to give me, I'm just bad in math. I'm sorry, I don't know how, and I, I got fired. Guess where my star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is? Right, right <laughs> in front of the friggin' box office. <laughs> yep. Is now that that's karma. What? That is karma. <laughs> That is awesome. <laughs> I just wonder that what is, happened that to is. that manager. <laughs> oh, I can't like, especially after watching you come up through the years, they must have been kicking themselves, been like, oh my God, I, I fired that woman. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Well, but it was it it's been a marvelous, marvelous life for me. And and when I talked about the president of Lithuania, mm -hmm. uh I, when he first came out to California the first time, uh, I had a great big sit down dinner party for, oh, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 people somewhere in there at my house. And what, what was very interesting is at that time, and that was President Valdas Adamkus, who, by the way, is the real American dream come true. He was not born here in the United States. He was born in Lithuania and his parents literally fled Lithuania when the communist regime was coming to take over all those East, Eastern uh, European countries, you know, yeah. Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Poland, Czechoslovakia, Romania, everything. They fled and, and lived in internment camps and whatnot everywhere, and then made their way to the United States. And he was self-educated, he was self uh, Made, made himself a, a multi-millionaire 
in business, the real success story of work hard, save your money, invest it, do whatever, you know. And he thought that the best thing that he could ever do for the world was to go back to Lithuania, and he became president of Lithuania. And he mentored, wow. while he was president, a young man who came to be his next to a son for him, because the Damkos never had a son. Hmm. And President uh, Gintas Nauseda is his name, came to the United States just a few weeks ago. And he had uh, just one day in California and he wanted to meet me and see me because I had met him in, when I was in Lithuania, but he wanted to see me. And he came to my home and I had a luncheon for him. And do you know that the security when he was coming, when this president was coming, was exceedingly high. Mm. They, the, the security people came to my house the day before went through the house, asked about the menu, asked about the bathrooms, asked about everything. They were there in a slightly less presence being known uh, for the luncheon that I had, uh, a very small group. And um, it surprised me that when the first president came and I had 70 people there, nobody paid much attention. <laughs> and I don't know whether it's because of the Ukrainian situation oh, being so active or why. But uh, mm. but now say that this is some news for you mm -hmm. is spelled N-A-U-S-E-D-A. -E now say that. And Jillian, you know, the beautiful actress, you must have her on someday because she's just fabulous. Uh, she, she starred in Sugar Babies on Broadway. And of course, she starred in her own series and on television. And uh, her name, her maiden name is now So they were to be at the luncheon. And I thought they'll compare and see, do they have some kind of familial connection down the long line? Because Lithuania is small. How many now say this can there be? Yeah, right. And she was terribly injured, as was her husband, who's still unfortunately in, in care, uh, as is she, um, the day before in a terrible car accident. And uh, so she never got to meet up with the president, but I'll take her to Lithuania when she's well and we'll will visit there at the White House. It's wow. kind of nice to be able to say, we'll go to the White House. <laughs> right? I'm here like in awe. She, she's rubbing elbows with foreign dignitaries. And I'm like, hey, Leo right. and Ben, want to go get a soda? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you said it took you 20 years to get um, Clint Eastwood on. Clint. Because you're very persistent and you don't give up. Which right. brings me to to um a lot of reasons why you have visited lithuania and that was because you're of your family yes. correct my family was born raised and married there they right. wanted to get into the united states and the quotas were closed this was 29 and so what was the next next best thing canada right next door mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He got a job, my father did, uh, working in the wheat fields of Saskatchewan. And he saved his money all through the year and had enough money now to bring my mother over. And they settled in Montreal, Canada. And my father and mother both worked for a tailoring concern there and a very good man. And I was born there. And of course, after the war, before the war, they got out in, and brought into Canada my aunt, 
my my mother's sister mm -hmm. they they were going after now her younger brother and then the war broke out and there was no connection there was no meeting of the minds the spirit or the souls there right. was no connection whatsoever everything was over after the war my mother through the red cross was able to locate my grandmother mm -hmm. and where did they locate my grandmother she and my darling little grandfather now i'm not talking about the intelligentsia I'm not talking about the well-educated, the, the professors, the, the speakers. I'm talking about farm folk. They were rich because they had a cow. <laughs> you know, that made a big difference for them. Right. They were both shipped off to Siberia. Mm -hmm. And you have to say, why? Why the hell were they shipped off to Siberia? Why? Because they were repatriating all those countries. They were taking Russians and put the, putting them into... Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, and sending all of these people to Siberia. Why? Nobody could ever really explain. No. My grandfather died en route to Siberia. They were all being shipped out in those cattle cars that we see how the Jews were sent to Auschwitz and those places. Yep. They were shipped in the same thing. The men tried to huddle the women together to keep the women and the children warm, and his legs were frozen. And at one of the way stations, when they took off his boots, they took off the flesh with them. Gangrene has set in and he died. And my grandmother didn't even know that he was dead. Nobody knew anything in those days. You did right. what you were told. You didn't question or there was a bullet in your head, you know. Yeah. Yep. And we located her there. And my mother started then sending packages. And we could send packages, 40 pound boxes, uh, a pound of coffee, a pound of sugar, a pound of lard, a pound of butter, a pound of whatever could be tinned and done and, and some clothes. And we could in those days send old clothes. And so of course we, we put packages together. We sent many packages and my mother was so brilliant about a lot of things. She would take, $5 bills, $10 bills, uh, $100 bills, and roll them into tiny, tiny, tiny little, little round jewel things and sew them into the seams of some of the clothes we were sending. Nice. And then she would say to, to my, my aunts or grandmother, hoping that they even got the clothes, that shoulder pads are very popular in America, but I know they're not in in, in uh, Soviet Union. So, you know, you can take them out or whatever. And we hoped that they somehow managed to, to piece together what we were talking about. But right. eventually she was permitted to come back to Lithuania if she chose. She had hiked, hitchhiked across Siberia to find other members of the family that had been deported. And wow. they, they preferred to return to Lithuania. And that's where I found her. And that's where I did the crazy thing of going out with friends when we got a letter from my grandmother, which took probably six weeks to get to us. Right. After she was in Lithuania. She never learned to read or write. She never went to school. So she was writing through a cousin of mine that she was living with, saying thank you for the packages we had sent that had sustained them through, through all their years, through all their problems. And she had gotten word from a local doctor that she was about to die. 
So she was sending a thank you for everything and a thank you for the clothes to be laid out in, because that's very important to those Eastern European ladies. A beautiful scarf for their hair and a beautiful white apron to go over a black skirt, you know. And I went out with friends that night. My mother, of course, was in a spate of tears. I was in a spate of tears. The more wine they poured, the more evident it became to all of us that I should do something quite dramatic, and that is pick up the phone and call Khrushchev, which I did at some hour of the morning. I can't remember what. had to be like two or three. And I placed the call and I said, I want to talk to Nikita Khrushchev, the Kremlin, Moscow, USSR. And that bitch said, how do you spell Khrushchev? (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell knew how to spell Khrushchev? Anyway, long story short, I, I talked to the operator back and forth. And those days, guys, you're too young to know what person to person was. Person to person calls you paid twice as much for as a long distance call, but you didn't pay if you didn't get your party. Right. So I said, I want to make this person to person. So I kept getting the operator, Mr. Khrushchev, don't speak English. No, not yet, 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 all the time. Finally, after my hundredth call to the Russian embassy in Washington, where I also got to talk to everybody from the telephone operator to the upstairs maid was net, 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 net. <laughs> Finally, I get a call from the Russian operator. Mr. Khrushchev no speak it English. You speak it with Vergashinsky, who interpreter for Khrushchev. And I remembered that this man was that very handsome young man that traveled with Khrushchev and interpreted for our Victorian ears all the language that Khrushchev was spewing when he was banging his shoe on the table. And my father, who spoke Russian fluently, used to laugh and say, what the interpreter said is not what Khrushchev said. You know. <laughs> but that's all right. I said, fine, I'll talk to him. He said, Miss Lee, we know all about you here in the Soviet Union. We run your movies. Uh, what can I do for you? I said, I want to come and I want to bring my family uh, and and we, I had been told by the State Department not to take my parents because they could be detained as primary citizens of the Soviet. And he said, well, that's, that would be very nice. We would love to have you here. We would be very happy to, to greet you. Uh, why don't you talk to your congressman about it? And I, by now, I'm beginning to more than sober up. And I'm headachy. And I said, Mr. Interpreter. What in hell does my congressman have to do with my traveling in your country? This is not a political matter. This is a matter of the heart. For all I know, my grandmother is dead. If she is, I'll go to her grave. If she's alive, I'll see her. You will be doing a great kindness to everybody. And he said, present yourself again to the Soviet embassy. And I thought, oh, shoot. Here we go again. I'm going to get another runaround. Well, this time, guys... When I called the, so- the Soviet embassy in Washington, I was immediately connected to the first secretary. And the first secretary happened to be Lithuanian. Oh. And I, of course, am fairly fluent in Lithuanian. 
But boy, you can tell that those hotlines between Moscow and the embassy must have been ringing because let's put it this way, within 48 hours, my papers were signed, sealed, and I was on a Pan Am flight to Moscow and then back to Lithuania and found my grandmother who had been miraculously moved. Why? Because the Americans were coming from the little village and the dirt floor hut that she lived in to the main hospital in Kaunas, which is the second biggest city in Lithuania. Mm -hmm. And it was a wonderful hospital with fabulous staff, great people, but the hospital itself had nothing to offer except great staff and great care with what they had. They didn't even have aspirin. That was the communist system and how everybody thrived under the communist system. Everybody was equal, but some were just a little more equal. Oh, yes. Right. Right. It's usually so, how communism goes. Uh, yeah. But it was thanks to people like you also. And the press, the world press then was so involved. James Bacon, whom you may know or not know, was the head guy for AP Wire Services, the head Hollywood man, a head honcho. And I had lunch with him the day before I left. And my PR person had said, you know, it's, I think it's a good idea that somebody knows you're there, not just the Russians know you're there. Oh, yeah. And he did a story that hit front lines everywhere, front pages rather, on, on every paper in the world, including Japan and lower Slobovia, you know. It, it was just incredible. But I never saw it because I was on the plane going and they didn't run it in the Soviet Union. <laughs> but, but it had to do with young starlet goes and fights Khrushchev for, uh, to get grandmother, old granny out of uh, Siberia, you know, all of that stuff. So it was quite a story. And of course, what did the Soviet authorities have to do but be nice to me? And right. they were, and, and they, they were extremely nice to me. That's anyway, sad. I brought her home six months after that. She couldn't travel then. She was not well. But six months later, I went back and boy, talk about being nervy. That That's traveling in the Soviet Union without help. When right. I went this time, Life Magazine had a, a reporter there covering and, and all of this happened, you see, because nobody was going into the Soviet. Yeah. And, and when I went back the next time, six months later, it was on my own. And talk about having to put on big girl pants. Wow. And now I had another life in my hands when, when I had my grandmother to worry about. So I would plant her at the American embassy rather than leaving her in the hotel. I left her there once and then I got nervous because uh, I told her, don't open the doors, don't answer to anybody, don't do anything. I, I planted her at the American embassy and I did all the running around, not speaking Russian, of course. I speak Lithuanian, but not Russian. And trying to find people to help me and was amazing. Amazing how many people there were that wanted to say hello to an American. To, I mean, oh. I look different than anybody else. You know, I, I, oh, yeah. I light colors and, and uh, pretty dresses and, and uh, all of that good stuff. And they're all in their heavy drab work things, you know. 
but but they were very helpful. I found the young man because I had the coins, but I didn't know what was what to put in a telephone booth to call the embassy to say, I can't get through to the so-and-so, you know. And and there were people that would help me do those minute things that you knew really wanted to know more about America. And they, they just questioned how and what do we do? How do we live in, in their broken English, if any of them knew it. Was an amazing experience. I can't um, even imagine. But you know, when I brought back my grandmother, we didn't have jetways then, guys. We just had the steps that went down. And when we finally landed in California, she walked down the stairs, dropped to her knees, kissed the ground, and said, "Allo, America." Thank you, God. Now, when I stop and think how many people in this blessed country of ours have no frigging idea of how blessed they are. And I think we right. need something either in our parents or in our teachers or something that we find so much to criticize about America. And yes, there right. are many things to criticize, but oh, sure. there are so many things that we should be so grateful for that other people don't have. If we're so bad, how come everybody wants to be here and not where they are? No, exactly. I, I was right. saying to my wife the other day, uh, we're watching the news about what's going on in, in Israel and Gaza oh. Strip and stuff. And I'm just like, we are so lucky to never have to wake up to wondering if a bomb's being dropped on our houses, stuff like that. It's just amazing. I am so thrown by how many so-called educated young people, students, are marching and carrying on. And I'm saying, hey, wake up. Who lobbed that first bomb? Mm. Wasn't Israel. It was Hamas. What's the matter with you people? Oh. Right. It's a tragic situation over there. I, I can't even imagine what people are do like, as we were saying, like, never have to go through something like that here right. never I well think I, never say never well that's true that's true never say never uh, but right so far luckily how right so far and and if if we um don't begin to appreciate what we have been given by the blood of other people mm -hmm. and what we have managed to keep going in america thanks to, to patriots who give a damn about our country. That's right. And to the, the people that go fight, like I said, in hell holes, then we should all be dropping down on our knees and saying thank you. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Which is, this, this story is going to lead me to the next part of this. Um, you released a best-selling memoir. Yes. I love the name of this. Because of all ah. this. I love the name, too, and I, I'm going to say it this time. Consider <laughs> your ass kiss. Consider your ass kissed. And I don't mean it rudely. I mean it from the right. bottom of my heart. Right. Actually, my bottom is the best part. But <laughs> so to, to it comes from the bottom of my bottom, but by way of the bottom of my heart. I am so grateful to everybody in these wonderful United States of ours, in fact, in, in the world, who have ever turned on the television because I'm going to be on, 
or mm-hmm. or come to a theater to see me in performance live or gone to a movie to see me and bought a ticket or have given me money for my Thalians. Mm-hmm. Whether it's $5, $500 or $50,000, what can I do but say, please consider your ass kissed. Mm-hmm. And I mean it sincerely. And I know that there are places in the South that won't say ass. They'll, they'll say assets or, <laughs> <laughs> but all I can say is if Jesus could ride into Jerusalem on his ass, I can kiss it. <laughs> well <Agreed>. said. Well said. <laughs> so now you're kind of like this, this like celebrity ambassador to Lithuania. Like you have yeah. presidents come to your house. You have, yeah, you, you, you're throwing shindigs. Ha, ha, ha. And all because you decided to go save your grandpa. Like, it's amazing to me. Well, it started before that. I was, um, <laughs> like I said, I was rather amazed that I was so well treated by the Soviet authorities when I was there because I had done countless broadcasts for Voice of America condemning mm-hmm. communism and what it did to the little countries that it simply took over, marched in and took over. The tanks took over. And uh, I'm surprised they let me have my way at all, which I did in in getting my grandmother out. Then I also got another aunt out. And so they were very, very good to me. And uh, I, I just couldn't get over the change in Lithuania. And it happened in every country that became liberated. And I salute the beautiful young men and women in all of those countries, but of course I'm thinking now of Lithuania, that were willing to die under the tanks when they rolled over them, or the guns that shot them when the tanks were in Lithuania, and they were marching for freedom for Lithuania. What heroes they all are. And I worry that the young people of all of those countries, including Lithuania, are going to forget what people went through to liberate those countries from communism and how different the countries are. When I was there and it was fully under the Russian boot, it was gray and dark and pitiful. It, it, it Restaurant menus would have a, a great big, huge menu with 40 pages and one item available. Uh, it was cold. It was dreary. People were drunks. Why? Because I think I would have been a drunk too. It was the only warmth you got in that kind of ambiance, you know, in that kind of place. And when I went back after it was declared free, wow, what a difference. Glowing, shining, pretty, a wonderful country and a great place to visit. And I have a lot of Lithuanian friends in Massachusetts. I think there are more Lithuanians in Massachusetts than there are in Lithuania. <laughs> I live in a town that we, we have a very large Lithuanian population, uh, uh, Westfield, Mass. It, oh, really? Westfield? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I first moved here, I thought it was Russian, but nope, they're all speaking Lithuanian. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm completely off on this. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that just great? Well, I, I learned the, the 
I guess the hard way, because I did it, that in the Soviet, the people were so used to being told what to do, what time to do it, and, and how to do it, that they were afraid ever to say no. And uh, I was flying in uh, an, another time, not, not during the regime then, but mm. I was flying into Lithuania, and it was still communist held, uh, with my husband. And I said, we'll go, instead of going through Moscow, we'll go through Leningrad, because I've never seen Leningrad, and I wanted to see it. And uh, we got on a Russian plane, an Aeroflot plane. And um, the, the young lady got on and we're taxiing down the, the runway and, and then she keeps talking and we take off. And then she comes back on and she's speaking. And my husband says, you know, in all of the Russian that she's saying, not once did she say Leningrad. I heard her say Moscow a lot of times, but never said Leningrad. And I said, oh, come on, what are you talking about? So now he goes up, I send him up and he goes up to see her and the young lady, and he comes back ashen faced and he says, you won't believe this, but we're going to Moscow. Now I had done a little bribing and whatnot and at the other end. And I said, oh, that's impossible. No, no, it can't be. Look, I mean, we, we got on, let's face it, the zoo in London when you get to Heathrow, but it was you know, Aeroflot flight 129 this way, Aeroflot flight 129, Aeroflot flight 129, uh, Leningrad this way, this way, this way. We did everything right. We weren't wrong. So I go up now, the banty rooster here, and says, excuse me, but I think my my husband is not hearing correctly. Uh, do I understand that we are going, yes, of course, to Leningrad? This is flight 123 or whatever. Well, Captain say, Everybody in plane, all 300 people, don't go Leningrad. They go Moscow. So we go Moscow. Only three passengers go Leningrad. So you see, it was one of those flights where you went to Leningrad uh, first. Like connecting. And I said, excuse me. Look, you see my ticket? You took it. It says Leningrad right there. Right, let's go to Leningrad. Oh, no, you you go Moscow, you get you, you wait overnight, you go next day to Leningrad. <laughs> no, no, that's not exactly what I have in mind. I said, you tell the captain that this doesn't work. I am going to Leningrad to meet with the directors of the theater and the cinema and a big meeting about American films, et cetera. And they're going to be very disappointed. So you tell the captain to either turn this plane and take me back to Heathrow or take me to Leningrad. Well, I'll be damned if he didn't turn that plane and we didn't go to Leningrad. Wow. They wow. were not used to hearing no. Of course, I lied through my teeth about <laughs> That's hilarious. But the point was, nobody ever said, no, you're not going to pull this stuff on me. I've got something higher in mind, you know. So it, it worked. Uh, and, and I don't know, maybe that's why they let me in and, and let me out with my whole family <laughs> and this wonderful visit. And they let me in and out again the second time and the third time. And, uh, and then finally, when I went back to the liberated and now free 
Lithuania. What a difference it made. Oh, what a difference. It, it glowed. It glowed the way Broadway glows. It, it glowed the way we, everything we love about America glows, you know, whether it's the, the wheat fields glowing or whether it's uh, stage lights on a showbiz production. Um, we have so much to smile and laugh about in the States and I'm going to get off my soapbox now. <laughs> that was, I, I'm, I'm in awe. Like it, it's I know, so I'm, cool I'm still to be speechless. able to talk to you. I'm telling you, like, this is like a, a highlight of our um, the, uh, podcasting career, I guess you would call it. Well, like, actually, actually, because of the numbers that we have hit, we are now considered an online talk show. Oh, oh I'm so happy to hear that. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how wonderful. Yeah. Well, I, I have been yeah. I'll on show you your business, too. Uh, I did a show called Talk of a Town with my girlfriend, Tony Holt Kramer. And I know how tough it is to interview somebody that gives you monosyllabic answers. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm the kind yep. of, if you turn the mic on, I'll talk for an hour easily. Oh, no, I love it. Uh, and and, oh, and I know how tough it is when you say, well, tell me about how your new show was great, wasn't it? And I go, yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> we've had those we've had those something else to fill the space with you know no you you have great stories this is oh yeah i mean fantastic the stories are amazing um one other thing that you have done is you as you've also done some voice acting really yes yes oh, i have so. i did a, a series called the frankenstones uh yep. and and i had such fun doing that I, I worked for Hanna-Barbera, who, of course, have done so much. I did a lot right. of their series. And uh, I, I usually get to play the, the Wicked Witch or some <laughs> hag or other because my voice is deep. It's not a little girl voice. And uh, uh, it was such fun to sit around on stools in front of a mic and make funny sounds and get paid at the end of the day. <laughs> right. Right. That wasn't bad at all. In fact, that's one of the, the, the great joys of, of show business is that we all in show business do what we love. We would do it for nothing. Let's face it. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You would do what you do also. Oh, I don't want your bosses to hear this. Yeah. Uh, oh, we are the bosses. <laughs> oh, well, good. Good. Then you can pay yourselves. Give yourselves a raise. What the hell? Oh, fantastic. Uh, nice. But we do. 50% of nothing is nothing. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I love, I love television because it hits such a huge audience with one hello. Movies right. I love because so much care is given to each line, the way it's delivered and why and the lighting, et cetera. So that yeah, you love that. I love live stage performances best of all because there's nothing at all like that live breathing with you, sighing with you, crying with you, laughing with you, audience. Uh, right. that's, that's an animal that is so wonderful. And to get a standing ovation at the end of a performance, of course, that's gold. And then to get paid at the end of the week, woo, that's really gold. <laughs> you, you should have somebody writing the movie of your life because my God, I would watch the hell out of this. Right? Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Well. I uh, think that uh, Consider Your Ass Kissed, of course, I want everybody to run out and get that. 
Absolutely. I, I keep saying COVID did in all of our small uh, bookshops and everything. So I like for people to do those. They can order them for you. Or, of course, if you want it tomorrow, call Amazon and get it. Yep. It's on there. But yep. th this book I gave... I talk a lot about the different people in Hollywood and, and what they meant to me. And, and uh, I, I gossip a little bit. Uh, it, it's a fun book to read. It's a very easy read. But I gave my grandmother and the story of the Soviets taking over Lithuania and all those countries. Very short shrift. I gave it one chapter. And mm. it's worth so much more. Yeah, it's right. the juxtaposition of a young girl beginning to make her way in Hollywood, becoming a starlet and getting things going and getting attention. And a woman in Siberia, not knowing what she was going to eat, how she was going to stay warm. That to me takes so much more and it's so much more important than anything I have to say about my career. Uh, right. it, it's far more important. And I sort of feel like I will be doing much bigger work if I can actually sit down and do that book because uh boy i think that was the hardest job i ever had i think i i have such high regard for any authors who sit down and do this at a typewriter day after day after day well I, ben's I, an author he should know what yeah one, one one page a day a page a day that's page all page a day if you can do one page a day You'll have a book. But 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 what happens? When you well, no. Sometimes I do more than one. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, okay. Well, I actually I actually sit down and actually handwrite when I write, and then I go back. Oh, really? My second That's draft what I do. goes yeah, gets typed I, onto I the computer. Type. Yeah. I uh, record. Yeah, and then my. All of them. Oh, I recorded yep, every yep. bit of it. And then a fabulous yep. friend of mine from Texas came in a great PR guy who is one of them that said, you know, you tell such great stories, you, you really should do a book. And so he said, I'll come out and I'll record everything you have to say. And he did that for many weeks and we recorded mm -hmm. everything. And then he, of course he had it all transcribed and into written word. Well, of course, mm -hmm. what he had transcribed was every dog bark, every fart, <laughs> every phone ring, every everything, you know? So it was amazing to read all that stuff in between what I was saying and telling my stories. But then the hard part was, and you'll attest to this, that this is a nice section, but where does it go? Oh my God, I have to throw that out. Would anybody really be interested in this? And what to throw out? Because you mm -hmm. don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Mm. Right, right. So right. We have a couple more, yeah, absolutely. So we only have a couple more minutes with this amazing legend, so. Uh, last questions from this panel? may seem a little strange, but uh, as as a, in my world, you're a celebrity as you are. Uh, what's the last movie that made you really laugh? Oh, I just laughed at something yesterday. What the hell was I? Oh, God, I can't remember what movie I was watching uh, to really laugh and, and sincerely yeah, laugh. have that gut laugh. Just God. Just what stress what is just gone. really made me laugh? Um, can I get back to you on Absolutely. this? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. And, and I feel terrible that I don't know what movie I was watching. 
Oh, not I'm a problem. I was so tired last night because, you know, the event was last Saturday. And and uh, uh, I hadn't slept really in, in quite some time, not properly. And I went to bed at about 9.30 and I got up at 8.30 this morning. So whatever movie I was watching last night, uh, I went to sleep on. But I laughed hard before I went to sleep. <laughs> oh, now now I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, no. That's I laugh at everything, though. I, I find humor in absolutely some of the worst things in the world. I laugh at when old ladies fall down in the street. I laugh <laughs> at, at garbage cans being blown down the wind and by the oh, wind yeah. down the street. I, I laugh at all kinds of bizarre things. I think it's what keeps me sane and happy is that that uh, I, I don't take right awful things. I take them seriously and I do something about them. But most everything else in life I laugh at. Yep. Can't so, sweat uh, the small stuff. I'm I'm now in, in uh, the market for a new husband, I've decided. Oh, hi there. Because I have nobody <laughs> to laugh with. I have my girlfriend to laugh with. But uh, she doesn't go to bed with me. So I, I need to sit in bed with somebody and watch a movie and laugh. And uh, so I need somebody. I need somebody that laughs more than they do anything else. Excellent. Well, I, I'm looking. Okay. <laughs> you'll get you'll get ten percent of the wedding silver. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Look at this, guys. And Jeremy's very good at cleaning pools, from what we hear. Yes. Oh, very good. I, good, I good, clean good, the pool good. very well. <laughs> well, it is just such a pleasure to be with you guys. Uh, and, oh, and thank I'm so, you. So grateful that you took the time and let me take your time and share oh, your experience no. with you. And geez, now you're you're more than just a an at home podcast. You're all over the place. Congratulations and more power to you. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you, thank you. So, Leo, you got one last question. Uh, I had a a bunch, but uh, I'll just do the last one. <laughs> you'll you'll Jar -Jar get took, one. Took all the questions, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I let him. <laughs> Uh, so uh, one thing we like to ask is, uh, you know, you're, you're an amazing actress, but what is something that that is just you that you dork out about? Like we had Bruce Blanche on and, and he was uh, big into like the history of, you know, like sunken vessels. And he really liked to dork out about that. Uh, like, uh, do you dork out about like horses or, or you know, uh, uh, what do you dork think, out about? I think I we need a better word. All animals. I oh, love animals. everything. Yeah. I'm not terrified of any animal except a snake and a dentist. And I'm not sure in which order <laughs> those animals I can live without. Um, but I love all animals. And um, my husband used to say, Ruta is the kind that would walk into a lion's cage and go, here, kitty, 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 frown. Uh, and it'll be fine. No, I, I just love animals and I cannot stand abuse of animals. Yeah. Right. I, I think that I would never kill anybody, but I would kill anybody that abused an animal. Uh, I just Agreed. have no patience. I have no regard, no respect for that kind of a human being. And, you know, animals are, they're on the planet for us to take care of if we're the, the smart asses that know everything. We should be, you know, really guiding people to and guiding our children not to be cruel to animals. Absolutely. Totally. Agree. Well said. Well said. Yeah. 
And on that note, Leo. Yeah, we'll wrap things up. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. You know me, just Google me. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. I'm not going to say which is which, but I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. Head on over to thedorkening.com. You can see a lot of awesome people there. And uh, Ruta, where do you like people interacting with you on social media? I, well, I'm on Facebook mostly. And my darling assistant helps me on the on other things that she does and she'll say look uh, th there's this and this would you like to answer and i do you know but i personally don't spend a lot of time on social media i'm just too bloody busy with the thalians and everything else that i have to do um i, I run you know several houses and uh, i'm lucky enough to have a place in mexico and a place here in palm springs and there's always something you know the pride of ownership is uh, a myth it's lovely, but it's so much easier to just pay somebody the rent and let yes. them do it. Oh, boy. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm not out on social media as much as I'd like to be, but um, I will find you or you'll find me one way or another. There we go. Awesome. Jar Jar. Hey, uh, I'm here every week. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'm on Splash Pages every Tuesday night at uh, 8 p.m. And then I also have the re-education of Nancy Ann Ritter, which gets dropped every Sunday. So there's six episodes out. Check that out. And uh, check me out on Facebook at Jeremy Courtney. Awesome. Benjamin. So uh, everything you want to know about us, stilltoking.com. From the comic books to the novels to the animation to the TV series to this amazing show that we do. We want to thank Ruta for coming out and hanging out with us. I mean, a true legend, true legend. I grew up watching her in everything. I mean, literally, I, I was sitting there today going, Hogan's Heroes and Three's Company. And uh, I, I am totally blown away. Um, thank you so much for coming out and hanging out with us tonight everything you guys want to know about Ruder is in the show notes up above or down below depending on where you're watching or listening to us but to all our veterans and first responders we want to thank you for doing what you do so people like us can do what we do stay safe we'll see you next week we're out of here bye thank bless you. you all bye now <laughs>